HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Jacobson Salt Company, America's leading salt maker. Learn more at jacobsonsalt.com. That's J-A-C-O-B-S-E-N salt.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're exploring food for the eyes, how the art and culinary worlds collide. It's incredibly elaborate. It's a feast for the eyes, a banquet dinner with garnished ham, turkey, and an array of accompaniments. We shot uh, baguettes with like paint dripping off of them with the blue, white, and red from the French flag. Oh, what did the student tell me? They said, the camera eats first. And it's so true. It's so true. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Dear God, I don't know how to start the show. Let's start with coffee. I'm like coffee and for me. <laughs> Welcome to Life's a Banquet. You did that when you had a cold. <laughs> Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a show about respiratory Disease. ailments. <laughs> Today on the show, the coronavirus. Hmm. Just kidding. That's maybe off off limits. Blow the belt. Too soon. Okay, too soon. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a podcast, and that's it. <laughs> You like it or you don't. We don't really care. A podcast. Welcome to Life's a Banquet. It's a podcast about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable with your host, Zara Tangora. And Nicole Bailey. Nicole. What? Hello. You look beautiful. (laughs) You are just an old kitty cat. (laughs) You, you little so-and-so. How was your week? It was, well, it's Wednesday, so it's just. Last week. Oh, seven days Seven American days ago. Today. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Perfect. Me it was neither. really busy. I was really busy. Well, that's good. Uh, it was my birthday. Oh, yeah. That this happened. This past weekend. Mm-hmm. And we had a really nice time. We partied. We did. We partied hard. We danced mm-hmm. to Rhythm Nation. And I danced to Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Oh, that's true. Did you dance with somebody? Who'd you dance with? With our friend Jenny. Oh, my God. Isn't Jenny just... When she really... Our friend Jenny used to be the chef de cuisine at Brucey. She's, like, a member of our family. She's amazing. Uh a Jersey girl. I wouldn't say buttoned up, but she just holds it together most of the time. She's very composed. But when she gets silly, she gets real silly. Mm -hmm. And we had a major dance party and it was really fun. We went to eat pizza at Lucali. Mm -hmm. We drank wine. We had chicken liver pate. It was great. I had a really nice time. And the next day I went to the Met. I have to cough again off camera. (laughs) 
Damn it. This what? is off to a terrible start. What do you want me to do? I don't know. <laughs> Nothing, I guess. Um, but it was really nice. And then on my birthday, I went and ate dinner at Frankie's, and they really styled us out. Lots of, loads of balls. Sauces. Cured meats. Mm. Champagne. Flowing like wine. It was great. It was nice. It was a nice birthday, and thank you very much to everybody. Wait, when did you go to Frankie's? You went on to Sunday. like a thousand restaurants for I your did. birthday. I went to La Crocodile on uh, Friday with my mom. I got a new tattoo at Smith Street. Mm-hmm. Tattoo. By Frank, he is great and easy on the eyes, <laughs> and okay, and the nose. <laughs> no last name, just Frank. Um, anyway, no, but in all seriousness, he's a great tattoo artist, and I love my new tattoo. Um, and then I went to Lucali on Saturday with y'all, and then on my birthday I went to Frankie's. You did something else with your cousins, though. Frankie's. Oh, yeah, but you had your cousins over the week before. Yes, the, my cousins are just in and out of my life. <laughs> Against my will. I thought you had your cousins and then Steven and... Um, Ryan Crossman. Over for your birthday. No, that was just like maintenance. That was routine friendship. <laughs> like, come on over for some sauce slinging. Great. Anyway, we... This is boring. <laughs> I'm about to fall asleep. In fact, pe- I see people leaving Roberta's just knowing what we're talking about. They can't even hear us. They're Shit. just like, these bitches look bored. <laughs> um, okay. Our topic this week is periods. Mm-hmm. And not the ends of a sentence, but the blood that comes out of one's vagina once a month. Wow. <laughs> so if you're eating a, a sloppy <clears throat> joe, put it down right now. Or a spaghetti and meatball. <laughs> Periods. All those people that tune in right at their dinner time <laughs> for this. They're just drinking a beet smoothie and they're like, oh, why? <laughs> just throw it out the window. <laughs> it's a cyclist, like an anchor man. It's strawberry yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> a glad uh-huh. piece of blood pudding. Mm, yes. Mm. So, what about periods? Periods make you hungry. I have a period. I'm on my period. Me too. It's I'm in my coincidentally. period. Coincidentally, <laughs> we both forced ourselves to get our periods for this show. We did like the equivalent to a rain dance, <laughs> but for periods, a blood rain dance that was not a Native American appropriation. No. It was no. something we made up. Yes, of course. <clears throat> um, and neither of us are wearing any protection or pants. Free bleeding, it's called. <laughs> it's a free bleed in this. What is this? Um, Not an office. Um, this <laughs> studio. <laughs> Amanda, our engineer, is shaking her head. <laughs> Presumably because she's also free bleeding. Yeah, she supports. She's the one who told us to do it. <laughs> she brought it up. There, everyone was, at HRN is apparently a nudist. <laughs> <laughs> no pants. I'm wearing tops so the people out eating their meal don't <laughs> yeah, know. They can't see our waists <laughs> down. Um, okay, so periods. They're gross. Do they exist? Mm, who knows? Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Science is out. Yeah. <clears throat> of the picture. Okay, so along with periods, I decided to focus on, since Zara took periods regular, I decided to focus on <laughs> premenstrual syndrome. Ooh. A figment of our imaginations. Really? It, which is what I learned in my research. <laughs> I bet, is your research written by a male? Uh, yes. Okay. Perfect. I only consult male writers and scientists and doctors. Of course. <clears throat> Sorry, I can't stop clearing my throat. Get used to it. Um, I want to start my little section with my favorite quote about premenstrual syndrome, which comes from Truby, played by Dolly Parton in the movie Still Magnolias. Amazing. Um, to give this a little context, Shelby, 
who is played by Julia Roberts, <laughs> oh, <laughs> suggests I love it. that who dies. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes, she's um, fully dead. She suggests that they get a radio in the beauty salon. And Truby says, I'm not going to do this in an accent because that would be embarrassing. <laughs> um, so she was like, Truby, get a dang radio. And she's like, I had one once, but I threw it against the wall when I couldn't figure out where the batteries went. I now know I was suffering from premenstrual syndrome. <laughs> you kind of did an accent. A little bit. Yeah. She, you really should just see Dolly Parton deliver it, though, because the line is flat on the page, but she really gives it her all. It, God bless Dolly. God bless her. Um... Okay, so premenstrual syndrome, 80% of women report it, that they have it. Oh they report God. it to the police. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, 911. I am angry. I'm Irritable throwing things. and crampy. Farting. Boobs hurt. <laughs> um, yeah, which I was actually surprised, considering the fact that it's, according to science, a figment of our imagination, that mm-hmm. 80% of women have this group hallucination. Um, in the olden times, and I hope I don't try to too much on your research. That's um, fine. But I didn't dig too deep because who has the time? Um, but in the olden times, <laughs> which is an official period of time. Yeah, the olden times <clears throat> from like the year one through the year 1980. Um, it was literally considered to be a figment of your imagination, but it was also, they thought that women's reproductive organs had complete control over them. And so they were encouraged to save all of their energy for their reproductive organs. They were like, Whoa. just lay on this fainting couch don't move around too much. Fainting couch? You know, it's the olden times. Yeah. <clears throat> and just, you know, lay still so that your ovaries can do their thing. For sure. But it occurred to me on the way here that they didn't make their servants do that. But Oh, whatever. very interesting. They didn't care about their servants' fallopian tubes. Which is a shock. Yeah. Um, they didn't do any research into premenstrual syndrome until the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big span um, of time. And it wasn't considered a social problem until the 80s, which is when Steel Magnolias came out. So right. people were like, finally, we can joke about this. It's Wh- real. Women are like going to work and all of a sudden they need to be taken somewhat seriously. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I found this in Wikipedia is that there, there are still like people that are like social scientists that believe that it's a figment of your imagination and that your condition, Western women are conditioned to have premenstrual syndrome because they hear about it from a young age and then the symptoms produce themselves based on their conditioning. Mm. And to that I say, I don't think my cramps are fake. No, or the complete like rage. Yeah, the ir- I get irritable. <clears throat> Me too. Um, but that could be anything. I live in New York City. Yeah. But um, the cramping, I wish that it was conditioned, but it's not. Totally. I also always, the day before I get my period, get this weird headache that's just like right in my like eye and nose. It's a very specific headache. I only get it like the night before I get my period. And I get, like, so weepy. Now, I am a weepy person. I'm very emotional. But, like, (laughs) uncontrollable weeping and sobbing. You saw on Saturday night when Becky and Danny gave me that memory book for my birthday. I was full sobbing. Now, it was very touching, but I think I was also PMSing. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah, I was, like, dry heaving, crying. It was touching. Dry heaving, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, But your skirt was really tight, so maybe that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. Uh, Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have PMS right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so what does this have to do with food, you guys might want to know? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, <laughs> so it may surprise you to know, considering how much research people have devoted to this issue, that there have been no scientific studies about food cravings in PMS. None? <laughs> perfect. Great. 
Um, there are a lot of not-so-scientific advice articles telling women what they should and should not eat during their period. Um, the general thread is you should cut out sugar, dairy, refined oils, gluten, processed <laughs> foods, caffeine, um, alcohol, and never leave the house. And just focus all your energy <laughs> on your ovaries. On your ovaries. <laughs> Concentrate. Um, but there is actual, there is some science. Basically, there is a theory that seems to be true. At least I believe that it's true. Um, that your diet actually does impact your symptoms. And that, like the symptoms in PMS could actually be the reaction to like deficiencies in certain vitamins and whatnot. Um, and so I'm here to talk about some actual scientific studies that seem to prove this theory. And then basically I'm going to tell you what to eat oh, to prevent PMS. Thank the Lord. But let's start off with the good news. Smoking and drinking actually don't, according to science, impact your premenstrual syndrome symptoms. Hallelujah. You're neither more or less likely to have them if you drink or smoke. Okay, great. However, Ugh. smoking does reduce your vitamin D levels, and low vitamin D is associated with higher incidences of premenstrual syndrome. So oh. drink all you want, but be careful about the cigs. Interesting. I've been smoking a lot lately, and I'm PMS hard. I wonder if that's a correlation. Could be. Who knows? Um... There actually, this is news to me, um, there is actually one supplement that has pretty good results in um, a trial. It's a randomized trial of 170 women, so it's not a huge study, but um, <clears throat> they showed a 50% reduction in mood symptoms, so like irritability, mood swings, depression, um, compared to the placebo of chasteberry, which I had never heard of, but it's a, it's like an eight, it's a, oh, <laughs> Got a joke there? Well, yeah, I was just picturing a berry being chased around. <laughs> no, chased as in like you're not going to have sex, like a chastity. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's, it's like an age, it's a berry that grows on a tree and you can buy supplements. And this was, the study was done with supplements and basically 50% reduction in mood symptoms compared to the placebo is good enough for me. I'm going to try this. Hell yeah. The science behind it is that it's supposedly the luteal phase is when you are like, your hormone, your estrogen is low, and that's when your symptoms, your like the chemical brain symptoms, symptoms seem to kick in. Oh wow! So supposedly this somehow impacts that. That's amazing. In a positive way. Um, the other one which I knew about. Um, <coughs> sorry. Good God! I have allergies. There's nothing I can do. You have do. a horse in your throat. Um, they <laughs> calcium and vitamin D. Low amounts of those have been linked to premenstrual syndrome like worsening. Um, there are some scientific studies that show that if you increase your intake of these, that you actually will reduce your symptoms significantly. However, you can't use supplements. You have, these studies showed that eating, like getting calcium and vitamin D from foods helped, but right. taking supplements <clears throat> did not help at all. Like um, chugging a gallon of milk is good. Sure, there are other ways to get calcium. <laughs> right, um, prove it. The other thing that's important to Remember is that calcium and vitamin D are linked in how they are absorbed. So you need one or the other around to fully absorb. Oh, wow. That's together. fascinating. I had no idea. Um, the same goes with B vitamins. Um, you need to have all those going strong in order to kind of alleviate your symptoms or have lesser symptoms. And you have to eat them in food. You can't get them from pills. And actually, some one study showed that people that supplemented with B vitamin pills had worse PMS uh, symptoms. 
What kind of foods do you get B vitamins from? I'll tell you. Oh. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so there are two supplements you can take, though, to up your um, other levels. They are iron and magnesium. Well, of course, the iron with the bloodletting and... <laughs> Well, yeah, but you're not, the PMS part is before. Right, but maybe your body is, like, preparing to lose all the <laughs> iron, so it's like, give me more iron, give me more iron, and everything will be okay, just stay in here. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, can you listen to Iron Maiden? Would that help? No, you have, well, you can take a pill. You can take an iron pill. Okay. Um, so, basically, I was a little bit upset by this information because I have recently, not recently, but basically thought that vitamins are unnecessary. Yeah. That taking vitamins are... A scam, and you don't absorb them properly, and they hurt your stomach for a reason, and it's just not, it's not, it wastes of money, and it wastes time. Um, but apparently not. Apparently I need to be taking iron and magnesium pills. I know. I feel very torn about the science about vitamins, too. I just listened to that, uh, there was an episode of The Dream talking about vitamins being a total hoax, and I've read a lot of other studies talking about vitamins being, you know, a huge scam as an as a market in general. Yeah, and I haven't not, taken vitamins in many years. <clears throat> I take some vitamins um, and some supplements. I don't know. I find like oregano oil if I feel like I'm getting sick happens to really work. I'm not sure if that qualifies as a vitamin, and I rely pretty heavily on wellness formula. But you know, you never know. It could be the placebo effect. It could be just like. I have really no idea. What's wellness formula? Wellness formula formula is like a multivitamin that you take like a ton of when you either are sick or feel a cold coming on. Mm. And in my experience has always been very, very helpful. But again, I don't know why. Like I really, I'm kind of just like a a lemming. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't taken vitamins in years and I haven't had, I haven't been sick. What is a lemming? A fish? It's like a little creature, but I'm not sure if I know what it looks like. I'm picturing a chipmunk. I don't know. I'm picturing a ferret. Oh, that makes more sense. Like a long, long. (laughs) yeah, long (laughs) lemming. If anyone out there has a pet lemming, please call into the show. Yeah. So unfortunately, the moral of my story is that we have to eat healthy in a wide variety of foods. Right. And fibers. Yeah. Fiber is the key, really. And irritatingly, a good source of B vitamins is cereal. Like, because a lot of cereal is fortified with extra B vitamins. Really? Cereal mm-hmm. is one of those things. I think I share this with a lot of other people, particularly women, that it is my one vice. Like I cannot yeah. have cereal in my house because I will just, and I'm not someone who usually has a problem with portion control per se, but I will binge cereal. If I get a box no. of cereal, eat the whole it box. It doesn't fill you up. And it's so satisfying. I'm <laughs> crunching the milk. It's I so used to good. get that blueberry morning cereal, which oh, yeah. is like mm-hmm. dried blueberries. And freaking granola chunks or something. I would eat the whole box in like two seconds. Dude, I will eat any cereal. Honestly, inappropriate. any cereal, even if it's one that I don't like. It's something about the cold milk mm-hmm. with the crunchy, yeah. like dry, whatever the fuck is it's in there. It's very, yeah. So, you know, I guess. The moral of the story is just eat more cereal. I'm not going to. I have to eat oatmeal or something. I just think like when I'm PMSing or I'm my period, there are certain times when I just really allow myself to like treat. I'm like, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm going to eat some chocolate or I'm going to have like a big chunk of bread. Like I feel like most of the time I try to, you know, stay healthy and, but you know, in mo- everything in moderation. Yeah. It's okay. It's like really fine if you need to just like munch. Yeah. Just I munch. I get very hungry around my premenstrual time. Like Me I too. Get, like insatiably hungry. Me too. Same Z's. Well, your body's about to work really fucking hard. Yeah. And it is working hard already. And... I just don't, if I had a box of cereal in there, I would be 
it would it wouldn't stand a chance. I say get <laughs> two boxes of cereals, sit on your fainting couch, <laughs> concentrate on your ovaries, uh, and uh, you know, go yeah. to town, have fun. Thank you. Treat yourself. I will. Okay, cool. Shall we take a tiny break, or some may say, put a period on this sentence? Uh, no one says that. <laughs> Do they? Uh, in podcasting, people tend. Uh, I've to never say. listened to a podcast yeah. before. <clears throat> it's very popular in podcasting. Okay, we'll be right back after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Jacobson Salt Company. Jacobson's flake and kosher sea salts have garnered worldwide favor for their beautiful presentation and pure taste. In addition to an extensive assortment of pure sea salts and infused sea salts, Jacobson Salt Company also produces a line of salty confections, honey, cocktail salts, seasonings, gift sets, and other pantry staples. Harvested from the cold, pristine waters of Neatarts Bay on the Oregon coast, Jacobson Salt Company is a favorite amongst professionals and home cooks alike. Founded in 2011, Jacobson Salt Company's mission is grounded in craftsmanship and community, maintaining the vision of providing the very best cooking ingredients, from hand-harvested sea salt to single-origin honey. More information on Jacobson Salt Company and their extensive line of products can be found at jacobsonsalt.com. back what <laughs> surprise surprise the podcast is still going ah it's fine i'm free bleeding all over this place <laughs> this studio is covered in period blood. <laughs> i'm worried that we're gonna drown soon like it's starting to get a little closer to our shoulders and i'm nervous good thing we've each uh spent so much time researching kevin costner and we know now how to breathe out of the gills that are put into our sides of our neck oh. um okay i'm gonna start my story with a joke <clears throat> Are you ready? It's hilarious. I'm ready. <laughs> hold, hold on to your butt. Okay. Um, how do you embarrass an archaeologist? I don't know. You give him a tampon and ask him what period it's from. <laughs> <laughs> that would embarrass him or her? <clears throat> well, I guess it's supposed to be a him because only a him would be embarrassed by seeing a used tampon. This joke is sexist. Well, I did not write it. Just kidding, I did. <laughs> I'm a ghostwriter of internet jokes. <laughs> 30% of all the jokes you see in the internet. What are... period is this from? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Your own period, you freak. <laughs> the Paleolithic period. That's the only period that I know. It's just a petrified. The Pleistocene <clears throat> era? Is that a fake one? I don't know. Ugh, I don't I don't know anything about archaeology, and I'm starting to sweat and get yeah, itchy and my, nervous. Yeah, my public school education was very bad. And yeah. I was regretting that recently. We didn't really talk about periods or dinosaurs <laughs> at all. In fact, I feel like all I did was smoke pot, so I don't know what we were talking about. I didn't even do pot. I was trying to pay attention, and they weren't teaching me anything. <laughs> Maybe you were, like, at the mall by accident instead of at school. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's possible. You got dropped off in the wrong place. Um, okay, so I got a lot of information for the, from this from the Stay uh, at Home Mum.com. British? Uh, yeah. Aeon, A-E-O-N.com, and Eater.com in an article by Greg Morbodo. So, all kinds of taboos and myths are surrounded, uh, surround menstruation. Menstruation? Menstruation. Menstruation. (laughs) Menstruation. Put down your sloppy joe. I told you already once. (laughs) Um, The ancient Greeks believed that if a girl's period was late, 
blood would accumulate around her heart and her uterus would wander around her body. Yes. <laughs> like a lost soul. Like a lost <laughs> ship in the night. Hello, I'm sorry, I'm looking for Nicole. I'm they your uterus. Even, I mean, how did they even know where it was? They didn't have x-rays or anything. I have no idea. But if, I guess they know where babies come out of. No one knew where it was. It was bottom. wandering around <laughs> the body, lost, like a little child in the woods. Um, they said that uh, this could produce erratic behavior from violent swearing to suicidal depression. <laughs> swearing in Greek? I didn't even know it was possible. No. Or maybe it was just that like this woman had 11 children and was like trying to do all the sweeping in the cave yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and the men are like in togas yeah. just like laying around <laughs> solving each other's the dicks. world's problems. And <laughs> eating having sex with their mentors. Eating feta cheese <laughs> by the fistful. <laughs> Shoving their faces full of grape leaves while their wives' uteruses just roam around like bison on the range. <laughs> okay. Until the 20th century, any inappropriate behavior or poor mental health in a woman was termed hysteria after the Greek word for uterus. Pliny the Elder. Ever heard of him? Yes. He was an elder from back in the day. In the olden days. The olden days. <laughs> he was from the old, olden days. He died in 79 BC. Uh, <laughs> he warned if a woman strips herself naked while she is menstruating and walks around a field of wheat... The caterpillars, worms, beetles, and other vermin will fall from the ears of corn. Bees will forsake their hives if touched by a menstruating woman. Uh, linen boiling in a cauldron will turn black, and the edge of a razor will become blunted. They had razors back then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was full of razors and dead bees. BC. <laughs> what was his evidence for this? I don't know. She's going to touch a bee... A touch a bee. First of all, and who's then, trying to touch a bee? And then it's going to sacrifice it to be like... <laughs> You know what, guys? I can't be with you anymore. I need to be with this naked lady menstruating in a field of wheat. First of all, first of all, if a bee stings you, it dies. So no, right, she's just touching it. Right, but it's if she's touching it, she's probably touching the stinger. You don't just like pet it on the forehead. Well, you can pet. There, some of them are. Fl- I mean, who knows what bees were like in seventy nine BC? Maybe they're big. They were much friendlier. <laughs> they were giant, like in Honey I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> You could just ride them from place to place. Yeah. Okay. So in medieval times, it was believed that a man's if a man's penis touched menstrual blood, it would burn up. <laughs> Which I love. Love. That's true. <laughs> it still holds true. It will catch on fire. Okay. First of all, there's no way that no man's penis touched blood. Like it happens by accident. Of course. I so, mean, it's still true though. Somebody I'm, should have been like, um, listen, I, we accidentally did it. My dick's still here. I think it's fine. It's okay. Oh man. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> and any child conceived during menstruation would be possessed by the devil deformed or red haired, which are essentially all the same thing. <laughs> That's where gingers come from. Yes. Period sex. Are we allowed to say ginger or is it now considered inappropriate? I think it's fine. Okay. Red-haired people, you're the butt of the joke from the day one till, from the olden days till the present days. Hear that, Prince Harry? (laughs) Take that. (laughs) Take that, problem child. Um, A woman with a a heavy menstrual flow was advised to bind the hair from an animal's head onto a young tree, and if this (laughs) failed, she could drink nettle tea while reciting a numerical formula, or she could find a toad, burn it dry, and put the ashes in a pouch around her waist. Okay. (laughs) 
First of all, doing all of this while you have a heavy flow is really annoying. <laughs> and dangerous. Because you didn't even have, like, pads or tampons or anything. You just had, like, an old rag, and now it's full of, like, burnt toad ashes? That no, sounds she, like her no, worst she's nightmare. she's hanging around her neck, not her... Her waist. Oh, hanging around her waist. I assume waist means, I don't know, right it's in so there. So she's taking animal hair and tying it around a young tree? I know. I was like, I thought they meant to tie it into her own hair, but... I'll do the mathematical formula, nettle tea one. Nettle tea people still are down with. Absolutely. I I love nettle tea. Um, And jumping up a long way, in 1878, letters to British Medical Journal, my favorite, medical journals, as we learned last week, claim that menstruating women could cause uh, bacon to to putrefy. Bacon specifically? Specifically bacon. And then in 1916, the medical register... Registrar Sir Raymond Crawford wrote that the farmers still believed that this is in 1916 that menstruating women could prevent milk from turning to butter or hams from curing. This is all to say that people have assumed that women are witches from forever because yeah. they're bleeding and because they just think it's gross and they can't understand it. So they, you must be a witch and like a witch can do anything terrible. Straight it's crazy up. though because. Obviously, bleeding means that you can have a child, which men are like into, kind of for the, you know, continuation of the species. And so, for them to be like, "Yes, please bear my child. Don't get near the ham. It's so stupid. Like, don't go near ham. Do not burn off my penis. Do not look me straight in the face. Drink your nettle tea and recite mathematical (laughs) equations on your fainting couch, or else. Here's a sleeve of Oreos. Go lay on the fainting couch. Um, as recently as 1980, um, <laughs> a farmer's wife in Shropshire, I guess that is in England, mm-hmm. uh, said that a menstruating woman touched meat, it would go rancid. When, uh, when asked about it, he said, have you ever seen a female butcher? Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess not in 1980. <laughs> Ridiculous. So that I'm not Julia and Julia lady became a butcher maybe in the 80s. I, I mean, know. women have been cooking. This is like some of the most insane shit I've ever heard, but it's just a proof of how people have hate men and have hated women and, you know, women sometimes hate other women. Yeah. For, it's also like that's not a very good argument though. Have what? you ever seen a female butcher? It's is, the most does not ridiculous prove the theory. Even so what if you're not a butcher? Women have cooked forever. It's just an excuse to hate women and to think you're yeah. better than women because women bleed and that makes them weak and disgusting. Yeah. And it's true. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and I agree. He's like, never trust anything that bleeds for seven days and doesn't die. I mean, I think, you know what, to be completely honest, it's probably threatening to see how strong it is that people can bleed for seven days and not die and Lots do it again next can month. bleed for seven days and not die, though. Lots of small wounds can bleed for that long. That's true. I have seen the movie like, Braveheart think about times. Jesus Christ. He did fine. Well, he eventually died. Maybe it was just his period. He came back from the dead, though. He's <laughs> chill. <laughs> that, you heard it here, folks. Uh, first here, folks, Jesus Christ is chill. <laughs> um, okay. So something I want to talk about that relates to food is the witchcraft kind of practices surrounding eating menstrual blood. Yay. Now, I researched a lot about doing different things with menstrual blood, like casting spells, keeping it around your house, drying it up, like, you know, sprinkling it on people that you want to, you know, follow some kind of thing that you're wishing about. I guess that's called a spell. Um, so from this day at home mom, some cultures, um, oh, I did not get anything from Eater. That was for, that's for something else. <laughs> There's nothing about Eater. In I was intrigued as to what would happen, but I guess. Stay tuned to our next episode for that. Um, um but also don't they do that in Midsommar? I didn't see Midsommar. Oh, well. Is that what they do? I don't know. It's like an, it's something that I've heard about before and I feel like I've seen it in a movie, but I don't remember what movie it is. Yeah. I don't remember either. Practical Magic. 
No. <laughs> I love that movie. Me too. Um, okay, so some cultures, such as the African-American hoodoo culture and the Sicilian folklore magic culture, it is believed that serving menstrual blood to a man can capture, capture his sexual attention. You don't need any spells to go along with it. Supposedly, the woman's scent is added to the man's consciousness, and he'll either become obsessed with her, commit to her, and never stray, depending on the owner of the period blood, that it, what, depending on what the owner of the period blood is trying to achieve. Hmm. It says sexual interest, but it seems like it's more than that. It seems like it's, you know, about your know, man not straying away and becoming hmm. obsessed with you. Now, I have to be honest. I'm intrigued by this in a real way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not saying I do it. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. Not saying I haven't done it. <laughs> Just kidding. I haven't done it. What do you think? Well, I think that you should be careful what you wish for because that they do that in a different way in Practical Magic. And That's true. In the book, she is so miserable because he's obsessed with her and he won't let her out of his sight. That's true. And he won't stop having sex with her. Yeah, that is true. That big, that movie is actually so amazing. Yeah. But I don't think that part is in the movie, though. No, but the just the guy who comes back and won't leave her alone. Yes. Yeah. She's like, dude. Yeah. Please, get out of here. Get out of my face. Um, men in these cultures are often warned not to accept brown or red drinks or foods with brown <laughs> or red sauces. <laughs> from, what about tea? From unmarried... <laughs> no, no. Tea is off the table and out of the cup. Brown or red sauces from unmarried women because some menses related witchcraft may be afoot. So, unmarried women... Highly dangerous creatures. Yeah. Don't even go near them. Don't, don't let them touch meat. <laughs> yeah, don't let them touch bees. Don't let them touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> we're the two most kind of dangerous people, the two of us. Yeah. We have our periods. We're unmarried. And I'm touching meat right now. I'm I'm holding a hamburger, a raw hamburger meat in this hand. <laughs> I'm holding a handful of bees. <laughs> <laughs> They're all dead. <laughs> they've sac- No, they've forsaken their hive and they'll follow me everywhere I go. <laughs> I'm snorting a line of dried toad. Mm. Um, okay. So strega is, strega means witch in Italian. And strega practitioners in, in Sicilian culture believe that simply serving menstrual blood to a man in his coffee or tea is a sovereign recipe for capturing his extra sexual attention forever. I think it's pretty amazing. Um, and then in 2009, a maid in Hong Kong was charged for adding her own menstrual blood to her boss's soup in order to improve their working relationship. <laughs> How did they find out that she did that? I don't know. I guess she admitted it. How? Maybe she just like came clean about it. No pun intended. She's like, I feel bad. I've I'm never s- told you that I put my period in that tomato soup. <laughs> I rang my tampon out in your latte. It's your fault for accepting brown or red foods from an unmarried woman. <laughs> you should have known better. But I think it's interesting. I think witchcraft is interesting. I think it's disgusting. But then to be completely honest, if like you're talking about like, some women doing this to, like, a husband or something they've been with for a long time. You share a lot of fluids anyway. I don't think it's, like, the most disgusting thing ever. It's not going to make you sick, like, putting your poop in something. Plenty of people have eaten period blood. <laughs> <laughs> if you get my drift. I do get your drift. Um, it is interesting, though. The thing that I think is, I think that women are witches, though. Because when I found out that if you spend enough time outdoors that your period will sync up with the cycle of the moon, I was like, oh... That's yeah, all crazy. that pagan stuff is right. We're just bitches. Yeah, agreed. And if I, you know, with me. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm inclined to believe this. Like, I'm inclined to believe a little bit of this. And I'm also inclined to believe that if you're just like a crazed psycho and you're just, you know, squeezing out your pad into some crushes, you know, uh, you're always with Long Island iced tea, <laughs> <laughs> then you might have a problem internally, externally, your relationship might not, yeah, might not work out. Yeah, you're not well. No. no. Um, but if I think that... Um, 
But that's the thing is, as I've mentioned, plenty of people have eaten period blood and it didn't seem to impact the relationship one way or the other. That's very true. That's a very interesting point. I wonder if you need to be, have it snuck to you though. Uh, Interesting. (laughs) The intention is what gives it the power? Yeah, the sneakiness because then you're like, why, mm, why do I all of a sudden love her? You know what I mean? Like men need to come to situations on their own. Also, I feel like the man-woman thing about this, obviously, a woman can give another woman her period blood and fall in love a yeah, gender non-binary very person. Yeah, gender normative it or has, heteronormative. It has. So. so we include period blood being appealing to all genders and sexes. But, yeah. you know, this is just what the internet had to say, and this was written 300 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'm into it. I'm in, I'm in, I don't know. Send us your period blood eating stories. <laughs> Have you eaten your own period blood? Probably by accident. Yeah. Microscopic <laughs> particles. Uh, I made it, I'm on a new diet, which is all period blood and nothing else. Um, okay. On that note, uh, what are your top three foods that you would eat period blood in? I think that anything that is just like easily mixed in. I love the idea of putting it in coffee where you can't taste it. Mm-hmm. So any brown or red foods mm-hmm. are fine with me. <laughs> Uh, a soup sounds great. A oh. nice stew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just I feel like it's a small amount in my mind. So yeah, just like a little drop. It could literally be anything. I don't care. Right. Okay. I pizza. actually. Oh, pizza. That's a. I mean, we're right here, Roberta's. Maybe we should make a little. Put a note in the suggestion box. Good idea. Um, okay, my top three that I would do. Number three, strawberry daiquiri. Clever. Thank you. Number two, as you kind of already mentioned, beef stew. <laughs> <laughs> That's like exactly what I was picturing though. Like that <laughs> perfect shade of brown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hi, I haven't seen you in a while. Um, I still have feelings for you. Do you want some beef stew? Do you want this denty more beef stew? <laughs> Straight out of the can. That's why it tastes metallic. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is there a string in there? That's so weird. Um, and my number one is jello. Jello. Oh, like red jello. Like a red jello. Or just a white jello that has like a weird red streak through it. Clear jello. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. That's just plain gelatin, gross. <laughs> just plain, unflavored gelatin with period blood in it. Mmm. Mm. Okay. So, what is your favorite? What First Chef recommends? What do you recommend for a good PMS meal? I just like the normal, boring stuff. But I just, basically, I just want to eat a lot of whatever I'm eating. So, I'm always starving. So, I want to eat pizza, french mm. fries, tater tots. That's one meal. <laughs> <laughs> That's one bite. Then for lunch, I'm going to have, um... <laughs> Like a burrito and chips. Mm. And then for dinner, nachos. Oh, yum. And then I'm still hungry. Yeah, come home, <laughs> make yourself a little PB and eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, That's gross. I <laughs> just wanted to see if you were still listening. Um, mine is, I wrote here, vodka soda. Mm. Because I just want to drink usually when I'm PMSing because I'm so angry. And then I also wrote, perfect thing to make would be something that can't splash or spill because everything is so annoying already. Go cut a... Go out for chicken liver pate and ice cream. Okay, that's very bougie. I know. It is. That's very elitist. Um, I think I guess you can eat jello. It's not going to splash or spill. That's true. I just know that, like, I have no patience when I am PMSing and eat, like, I'm making something and there's, like, a splatter or if, like, I (laughs) drop it. It's like I will scream out loud at the top of my lungs. Like, fucking shit. Yeah, your neighbors are bummed about Ugh, that. My neighbors already hate us because of the Whitney Houston sing-along that happened on Saturday, so I definitely can't cook anything and get angry. They'll be fine. Um, I just think you need to up your calcium and vitamin D from real food. Yeah, for sure. And try out the chase berry. Chase berry. Chased. 
chased berry, a berry that is not allowed to have sex with other berries. No, it chooses not to. It's chaste. It's abstaining from sex because it's a good Christian berry, mm-hmm. a good Irish Catholic berry. It has berry. a promise ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. This was a silly episode. I. It's because we're covered in period blood. Ugh. You know. <laughs> You know, that's true. <laughs> you know what the saddest thing for me is always seeing like a little a little uh, bit of period left behind on the subway on the seat? Ugh. Yeah. I wish I wasn't so grossed out by that. You know, there's a great Annie DeFranco song about just accidentally like leaking during an, a meeting or something and not being embarrassed by it. It and really shouldn't Everyone be. else is embarrassed, but it shouldn't be embarrassing at all. No, if men have their periods... Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. They'd probably spray it everywhere. <laughs> Here. There. Literally, over there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what do I do with this thing? <sighs> I and wish- it was like big news when that woman ran a marathon and just free bled during it. Like, it was like front page news. Yeah. And it's like, why? Absolutely. She's running 26 fucking miles. You think she's going to, like, sacrifice her goals to, like, yeah. change her tampon? Also, I'm not conditioned to have PMS. I'm conditioned to hide my... I still hide my tampon out of habit when I go to the bathroom. You still hide your tampon? Oh, like hide it in the in the waste paper basket? No, I hide it in my hand. I don't Oh I don't like wave it around. Okay. I was like, well, you always hide it in your vagina. <laughs> no. Out of habit, I put my tampon in like a pocket when I go to the bathroom. It's like you're supposed to hide it. And they sell like tampon concealing accessories for what? women. Yeah, they're like little tampon. They hide it too, I guess, but yeah, out of habit. You should just pretend smoke it like a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> As I walk through the restaurant. Ah, oh, see? I've got to go change this motherfucker. Yeah, it's dumb. It shouldn't be such an embarrassing it, thing. It shouldn't. And I think that's... The only reason I don't like seeing it on the subway is because I don't want to sit in someone else's blood. No. Oh, but I actually had an I had an embarrassing period moment that wasn't embarrassing. What happened? I was wearing white pants <gasps> and no underpants. Oh, good and lord. I my period came early. But I was literally like... It was warm. It was like one of the first warm days. So I had like my shirt tied mm-hmm. up. Oh, okay. And, like, my white pants on, and I was walking, like, all the way down Manhattan from, this is meaningless to a lot of people, but from BQE Liquor all the way to bro, to my job. Yeah. Um, and so it was a long walk on a very busy street. Uh, yeah. And I got to work, and my coworker was like, Nicole, we you started your period. And I looked down, and it was just, like, all down the front of my pants, like, white oh, pants. Wow. And then I, like, just, like, unbuttoned my shirt, and I was like, at first I was, like, embarrassed because so many people had seen it, but then I was like... I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. care. I still don't care. Good. Um, That's why you're sitting here free bleeding right now as we speak. All over this place. I've definitely had embarrassing period moments in my life. I can't really remember any of them at the moment. Oh, I think like my most embarrassing, I was having sex one time and I got my period and at the time I was so, I remember being so humiliated about it. That sucks. I know. It really did suck. I was like mortified. It like really like threw me off and like I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then, you know, as I got older, I realized like it's fine. It's not a big deal. But we are conditioned to be so ashamed um, of periods and talking about them. And I think that's why I wanted to do this food show. Yeah. About periods and (laughs) eating period blood. Yeah. And like having period stain on your sheets is like not allowed. Right. It's like... Okay, so I just have to buy new sheets every three months. Right. In addition to all the other things you have to do to upkeep being like a quote, you know. Although, I will say period having folks out there, uh, those white pants and my period sheets, I use Dr. Browner's and it gets blood out of everything. Oh, yeah. It's really good. It's amazing. I had to continue working for about an hour and then I went home and the Dr. Browner's got it all out and there was quite a lot in there. (laughs) (laughs) It was soaked through and through. Yeah. 
Amazing. Well, this was a great episode. I loved it. Should I'm... we put our pants back on? No. No? No. Okay, we just smush our <laughs> smush our butts against this plexiglass and I think be the, out. The problem is now they're just covered in our blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> What's the point? All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And you can go back to eating your manwich now. Nice. And uh, hasta la bloody pasta. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.